Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to AEW Weekly. This is WrestleWolf. I am Dr. Damian Gibson and joining me is the man who only deals in kayfabe. It's kayfabe Matt. Hello, how are you going? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Got to watch some Dynamite. It's been a little while since we've recorded because things have been crazy for both of us. Uh, probably a bit more crazy for you, yes. to be honest. Um, so, yeah, no, it's nice I to think, actually sit down yeah. and talk about some wrestling. Yeah, well, that's I, I watched wrestling for the first time with my seven-year-old this morning. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to include <laughs> some of her insights into this uh, as we go along. I think that I'm quite interested to to hear that from an from the actual target demographic of a wrestling show. <laughs> you know? Well, that's what she 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 argued with me because she's like wrestling's not really for kids, dad. And I'm like, "Well, actually, it's really should be exclusively just for just for <laughs> yeah. kids." Initially. And yeah, she's like, so. "Well." And then about halfway through the first match, she goes, you know, this doesn't even really look real. <laughs> like, shut up. It is. It still hurts. I know. It's still it, it like as much as as much as we both paint ourselves as, you know, smarks, uh when someone's like, it's not it's not even real. You're like, shut up, man. You you don't I, know. I definitely become the it's it's still real to me, man. Um I find myself saying sentences for- like uh, it's choreographed. Like I turn into, you know, um, like I turn into like one of the old dudes that Conrad interviews each week, you know, where it's like, uh, it's it's <laughs> choreographed. And, uh, you know, you fall off a 20 foot ladder onto concrete. You know, it's not ballet. Like I turned into Jim Ross. <laughs> um, all right. This is this is a big. Ep- this is a big episode of Dynamite, man. It's the first anniversary of the show. Um. Have we been we have been, no we haven't been doing this the whole time. We have been talking to each other the whole time, but across two different podcasts. Um Yes, we, we've been exclusively talking to each other for the length of Dynamite um over separate podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh we started off like in the ring uh with the best friends and FTR ready to go for their, their tag team uh bout. Uh I noticed that uh, both teams and the majority of the people on the episode tonight had new ring gear, uh, so they were sort of treating it like a pay per view. You can always, you know, you can always tell that the boys and girls have gone out and uh, mm. 
when they've got new gear, you can tell it's a special occasion. And it's always a sort of thing where I'm like, this might be really good because if they're, if they're spending extra cash on ring stuff, then maybe they're going to go. The that must mile. mean it's. Yep. Um, throughout this, I mean, this was a good match as far as, as far as I'm concerned. FTR did this, um, they keep doing this move. It's like a sliding sort of roadblock where they'll run past their opponent who's about to try and make a tag and they'll get, they'll sort of slide into like, almost like they're sliding into home base, like a baseballer and stop the tag from Mm. happening. It's only something that I've noticed the last few weeks. It's really cool, but it also fits in so perfectly with FTRs. You know, we're a proper tag team. Yeah. uh, Aesthetic sort of thing. I thought I thought this match was really good. I thought um, the best friends are, you know, really an AEW team. And, you know, they've been there since the start and they've really developed over that year into sort of one of the best teams, one of the most interesting teams. Um, you know, I think you would definitely put, or I would definitely put, I'm not going to speak for you, you have your own microphone and you also edit the podcast, <laughs> so I don't want to get into that habit. Um but they, you know, I think I think one of the most enjoyable matches on Nitro was the was the parking lot brawl um, on Nitro. I, <laughs> I was going to leave Dynamite. it. I was, was going to leave it. <laughs> um, was the parking lot brawl with Proud and Powerful, and like I just think they're they're so charismatic and so much fun. I uh, I deeply enjoy them, and FTR are I guess the example of a WWE team that didn't get the support that they needed and were sort of treated like jokes and are now, you know, showing what they can actually really, really do, which is almost one of the sort of secondary mission statements of Dynamite um, and AEW. Mm. So I think it's really cool. I think it's a really, like, perfect way to kick open, kick off this show. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you couldn't have planned... If you were FTR, you couldn't have got out of WWE at a better time when you look at what's happening with... I mean, Vince, for some reason, since the Attitude Era, has not really paid any mind to tag team wrestling at all. Even though, like, some of my best memories of WWF when I was a kid was the tag team division. You know, like, the Hart Foundation, the Rockers, um, Arn and Tully were there for a bit, um, the Killer Bees. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. The Oddities. The the, Oddities. uh, The Headbangers. (laughs) Headbangers. Uh, this is a, because my youth was was slightly later than yours, so mine is real attitude era. And when you actually think back, because like I, I, you know, used to love uh, as a as a nine year old boy, I was really into the adult muscly men who pointed at their dicks a lot. <laughs> um, the uh, and I like I thought the New Age Outlaws were incredible, hmm. but tag team wrestling actually really sucked during the Attitude Era. Like the APA weren't actually well, they they were the acolytes during that point. They were not there yet. Hmm. Like the APA was good, but the acolytes were not particularly good. And then there were the oddities, the headbangers. There was the Road Warriors, and that was very very grim. Yeah. Um, and then there was the New Age Outlaws, who, in hindsight. Probably could a uh, history could do without them. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you had the 
I mean, it got to the point a year or so later where there were three tag teams that wrestled each other for like four years in Edge and Christian, the Hardys mm. and, and the Dudley boys. Um, Which is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it makes it makes sense if you don't have any other tag teams, just have like the three of the best of all time to wrestle each other all the time. Um, mm. Yeah, there wasn't too much to point out from uh, this match. I think Trent and Chuck both got uh, periods of time to show that they're good mm. you know that they're not just yes. guys who hold hands and hug each other and you know excalibur says you got to give the people what they want you know like it's not they're mm. not just a catchphrase and orange cassidy's buddies um and i know that they had that opportunity in the car the car lot match and all that sort of thing but <clears throat> i just like that that's you know um that everybody gets an opportunity to show their wares in these kind of matches um yeah FTR wins, which we all thought was going to happen. And then Miro, sort of as this match continued on, Miro and Kip Sabian were still playing their weird little arcade game, um, which we found out today obviously had no screen or anything in it uh, or any game that they were playing of any real consequence because it got smashed to pieces, uh, which Kip was very upset about. Uh, And Miro came down and beat up the best friends because of it, setting up a feud between... Uh, Miro and Kip Sabian and the best friends, which I know we'll both be really happy about that uh, Kip Sabian and Miro get to keep working together. <laughs> I, I did enjoy uh, Miro referring to the best friends as uh, yeah. the good friends, <laughs> saying, you break my shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got to see a little bit more of like natural Miro in this episode, which is, which is good. And that, that'll just happen more and more as he gets more and more comfortable. Um that led into the next match, which was uh, Miro and Kip Sabian versus Lee Johnson and Sean uh, Maluda. Uh, this was a squash match, really, to show how big and strong Miro is. Um, yeah, and then that's where we got the the good friends uh, call from Miro. Uh, then we cut to the locker room where um, the murder hawk was beating down Mox. We'd get this a couple of times throughout the episode. At this stage, what are you thinking about the main event? Are you looking forward to it? Are you into it? Or um, I can't say I'm super into it, but really that's actually Lance Archer's fault, not Mox's. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, look, this is a cool build. This is objectively a cool build, but, like, I hope this isn't going to go for 40 minutes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We'll, I mean, we'll go into it in more detail when we get to the match, but, yeah, I was kind of the same where it's like, yep, yep. They just sort of like you know it was you just sort of as a viewer felt sort of like you were kind of going through the motions a little bit when these two were on screen. Um, mm. Next up, we got MGF. Uh, MGF. Who the hell is that? MJF. Uh, he mm. comes out, essentially says that he's better than you because that's what MJF does, and then he brings out Chris Jericho. Um, the inner circle are all wearing MJF's jacket that he gifted them a couple of episodes ago, uh, except for Sammy who is holding a jacket. Uh, MJF pleads for him to put the jacket on and it's about a hundred sizes too big trying to make Sammy look ridiculous again. Um, and then we get some fantastic uh, back and forth between uh, MJF and Chris Jericho about how good uh, MJF says, how good Chris Jericho's body looks, how much he likes his hair. Then Chris Jericho's like, do you want to, do you want to touch? You want to touch the hair? MJF's like, yeah, I want to kind of touch the hair a little bit. <laughs> uh, MJF touches Chris's hair, uh, and then Chris is like, 
you know, cut the shit. A lot of swearing. A lot of swears on this episode. I mean, two, but... There was a lot of... There was... Well, that's that's a lot of swears. <laughs> yeah, for, some, for a wrestling show, yeah. Um, and then MJF finally gets to the point and says that he wants to join the inner circle and does some great sort of weird, like, nervous boy asking a girl to the school social type stuff here. <laughs> um... Uh, Jericho says they'll have to run it past the circle because the, the inner circle don't seem very happy about MJF joining. Uh, but next mm. week that they'll have a match for a steak dinner. <laughs> well, I don't think they're having a match. I think they're just having a oh, steak what? dinner. Oh, I misinterpreted that. I thought they were having a match and the bet was a steak no, dinner. No, it's like, I will, uh, no, it's, uh, I, I want to meet you next week. Oh, for a steak for dinner, a steak I completely dinner. missed the joke. I'm sorry. My head's a little all so, over the place at the moment. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping this is the catalyst for a Chris Jericho face turn, not a because it probably if you're Chris Jericho and you change character every year, um, you've hit a year now. It's time for something new. He's got it in him to do something absolutely different. Um, MJF shouldn't be a face. Uh, no, like if it's just going to be them working together, like that's okay for a while, but um. It would be much more fun to have them against each other for a little while, and I think that Jericho would see a lot of value in MJF and have a lot of fun with him. Yeah, I mean, as much as we're enjoying this, this is like uh, on-the-job training, right? And we're all watching it like this. Yeah, <laughs> this is Chris Jericho teaching MJF to be the best possible MJF he can be, but also making really captivating weekly episodic television out of it <laughs> um and we bang on about jericho every week about you know how great he is and how unselfish he is and, and this is i mean everyone would want to work with mjf i'm sure in AEW. i'm sure the majority of wwe would want to work with mjf as well but um you know jericho can yeah. pick and choose and um again i mean he also could as we've had with plenty of other older sort of greats in the past could completely bury mjf and see him as a threat but doesn't does the complete opposite of that um which just always makes me happy you know it's just another sort of mm. string to aw's bow where it's like god they just it gets a little bit over the top when you listen to unrestricted and everyone talks about how much they love each other but it does sort of feel like it does feel like they do and they they're actually working for each other and the greater good of the the organization especially when you see stuff like this mm. yeah absolutely um you excited, man? Because the next promo is Britt Baker. It was good. It was great. It was bizarre. Do you want to take us through what? what well, it, it opens with uh, Britt and Tony getting uh, facials and massages, <laughs> and then Britt Baker Britt gets Reba to ha- to bring out her sort of you know A three piece of paper with you know that the sort of made her. I am currently wearing my Dr. Britt Baker t-shirt. It's actually, actually super cool. Um, it is uh, because everything to do with Britt Baker is super cool. Uh, then she gets the sort of face mask off and turns around and sees that Tony's shirtless and she starts freaking out about how disgusting he is <laughs> and uh, then demands to wax his chest, which she does um, and seems deeply unpleasant for Tony, who also seems to be enjoying it just a little bit. Then uh, then Tony and her are getting, uh, I think, pedicures and uh, she continues to bully him while talking about how it's time for her to come and t- 
take over the division again. She's, you know, even when she's been injured and incapable of working, she's still been the face of the division. Um, it's great. She's, I assume, going to win the women's championship at full gear and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So th- this promo was to announce that she'll be back in action next week and that could have just been an infographic, but this is much mm. better. You know, this is... So much better. This is kind of what we've been calling out for and she's been injured so it's sort of un you know it's unfair to be like well she should still be cutting promos and stuff which she did but um i mean everyone loves her so much you just want to see as much of her as as possible yeah um, absolutely tony uh skiavone's doing skiavone does great work in these promos and doesn't mm. do it all the time and i feel like he should be you know, like, uh, like I know they've got uh, Dasha and, um, oh God, I always forget his name. Alex uh, Marvis. Um, and, you know, they can't rely on Tony to do everything and he's also on commentary and stuff. But you could quite easily have, well, you could have JR and uh, Excalibur mm. on commentary and have Tony doing all the other uh, other stuff. Just a little, just a little comment. Um now, the next match is uh, Cody, the TNT champion, versus Orange Cassidy. Um, I'd be interested to see what you think of this because I feel like my opinion is going to be um, a little sour. Um, well, so, so Lily, my daughter, got uh, she really got into Orange Cassidy, which is interesting because she's never watched wrestling before and I sort of thought that gimmick was a something you had to sort of have watched wrestling before to enjoy. Um, I really liked it. I thought this was a great match. I really liked that Cassidy essentially won it and then they used the time limit because if you use the time limit sometimes it uh, shows that it actually matters. It's not just a, a thing. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, like it's it's obviously choreographed as we uh mentioned earlier but like having i think it's a very good way to keep orange cassidy looking excellent and keep that title on cody which you know i think is the better outcome i don't think orange cassidy as tnt champion right now does anything particularly for orange cassidy so i think it's i thought i really enjoyed it i thought it was great now shit on it uh no i just so my problem is that for the second time in three or four weeks, Orange Cassidy has been used to big up a match, big up his opponent, and has lost. Even though, like, I know that we can point to the time limit being a factor here, and so it... Well, he had a... He did win, essentially. Like, he had the moral victory, but not the... It's, it's you know, it's a disqualification sort of victory almost. Yeah. He, like, he, yeah. you know... Uh, he won without winning. Cody wasn't getting up for the three. No, he wasn't. But I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I know it, it. It it opens the door to have an ongoing feud and stuff. I was probably. I mean, it's probably mm. testament to the fact that I am engaged in these guys so much, especially Cassidy, that I wanted him to win like a twelve-year-old boy, and and couldn't like objectively at the end of it go, oh well, that was good and that was good storytelling. I was like, fuck. Orange Cassidy should one man. <laughs> um, it, um, yeah, I just sort of because uh, so 
Darby Allen's doing his best Sting impersonation, sitting up high up in the rafters, mm. watching all of this go on. And I will say once again, um, my daughter was like, "Who's that guy? That guy seems cool. Oh, okay, what's he going on?" And she was like really into. And then when he popped up on the little graphic saying he was going to be, she's like, "Hmm, he looks cool. He looks different." Yeah. And I was like, that's that interesting. That is interesting. It's probably because he's not skating around like Poochie for once, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he's not, like, he's, like, he just, you know, when he's not trying super hard, like, it's interesting that, like, that was the week that, you know, Lily mm. saw that and then was like, oh, he looks cool, you know? Um, I don't know. Look, maybe I'm being harsh. I just, there was a part of me that was a little disappointed with the outcome of this match. I, I know that... It can carry on. I just think at some point you need to, you know, like they they talk about it in the commentary and stuff. They talk about how like over Orange Cassidy is and, and you know, how much everyone loves him. It's like, okay, well, you can't just keep having, like no matter how you book it and how many interesting ways you book it, and I appreciate that. I mean, like that is a really interesting way to book mm. the match and stuff. You at some point have to pull the trigger on him. Like I know I beat Jericho. But he hasn't won anything since. Mm. And so I, I just I'm just wary that they think of him as like an upper mid card guy when I did like genuinely think he could be a top of the card guy. I think maybe they're a little nervous. Oh about yeah, absolutely. Gimmick. Well, I think they might be waiting for full crowds to come back. Um and like he does he does look little. And it's not like Cody's this massive guy, but he looks physically underwhelming. Yeah, but when he like locks up with Cody. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I just yeah. I mean ultimately yeah. I, I just ultimately like I think he's probably the most exciting thing in the company. So it kind of you don't want to lose that momentum. Do you know what I mean? You want to pull the trigger at the right time to give him that that Pierce, uh, so he gets mm. the belt at the right time, not in like, you know, you know what I mean? Like not in 12 months time where they're like, oh, hey, look, we gave Orange Cassidy the belt. And everyone's like, eh, yeah, we kind of wanted. Well, I know you, I know you, I know you disagree with me on this, but I'm really hoping that in the next few months they do like a King of Trios tournament because you've got the best friends in Orange Cassidy, you've got Death Triangle, um, Penta Zero out. Penta L zero M and uh, Ray Fenix and and Park. You've got Butcher and Blade and Eddie Kingston that you could put together. Mm. Um, you've got uh, the Nightmare Family if you so they can lose straight away. <laughs> um, you've got the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. You've got the some com, some version of the Elite. Uh, you've got the Dark Order. You've got like and John Silver now is more over than Brody Lee. Like. <laughs> John Silver is so good. Well, we forgot to mention that Dark Order came out during this match and sort of got involved, but got ejected from the um, ringside area pretty quickly. And did so in the most, like, comical, amusing... Like, uh, I don't know why, like, in about one minute of airtime every Dynamite, John Silver is so far over for me. <laughs> I just think he's so hilarious. No, he's great. He's great. I, I Yeah. I mean, we kind of spoke about that on the last episode of, like, it's probably time for them to mm. be their own thing without Brody Lee. Um, but I suppose mm. they kind of had, 
you know, they had to attach someone to the Dark Order to sort of legitimize it. So it, it makes sense, but it's probably time to jet, jettison Brody Lee from that. Uh, speaking yeah. of time to jet, jettison things, uh, Matt Hardy is back and uh, Sammy reveals that he is the one that beat up Matt. Shock horror. And uh, it cuts back to Matt, who can't even get the words to his promo out um, properly. Maybe I'm being over the top. Maybe I'm being a little grumpy towards stuff today. But um, I don't know, man. It just doesn't look great to me. Like, because they constantly... The other thing is, like, AEW keep referencing it. Like, Tony goes to interview Matt and it's like, oh, how's you feeling? How are you feeling? And he's like, yeah, I, grow, I feel great. I feel great. And then Sammy cuts this... It cuts to a promo that Sammy has cut where he's setting photos of Matt Hardy on fire. And then it cuts back to him. He may have tripped up because he was nervous or... But it's hard not to associate the bump that he took and all of the palaver that went around with that. And each time he's been on camera, he hasn't seemed 100%. Um, that could be 25 years of wrestling as well. Like, I acknowledge that. But um, I also, like, I think it's probably a bit of the fact that I don't care about this feud. What do you, what are you, are you into it? I don't even want to talk about it. I just think it's boring. <laughs> to be honest, like I just this was the part that I was like, "Oh god, yeah. can we not let Matt Hardy talk as Matt Hardy?" Ever? Yeah, I just Yeah, that's the other weird thing as well. The the choice to be like, "Oh, I'm going to be the most boring of all of my creations over the last 25 years." I uh, it's strange. It's strange. Like the whole thing. Like I just sort of feel like there's a really dirty taste in everyone's mouths about this um, angle. So let's just cut. Like just cut mm-hmm. it and run. Like let both of these guys do something yep. else, and, and we can all <laughs> move on. Um, next up, we had like a little promo to determine uh, which four tag teams would go into a four-way content- number one contender match next week. Um, and we ended up with... I haven't written them down. We ended up with the Young Bucks Lucha Bros. Is that right? Yep. Um, b- 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 the Butcher and the Blade. It's us, Butcher and the Blade. Woo! Uh, and... Oh, Private Party. Pa- private Party. Um, which... I wonder who's going to win this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Young Bucks were the fourth team to, to get announced out of the barrel... Uh, they come down and say they're not here to to, uh, super kick Tony Schiavone Uh, they're here to super kick you and then they turn around and point at all the other tag teams Uh, and then we get a good old fashioned WCW Monday Night Nitro Brawl enjoyed it this is fine (laughs) in my opinion this is cool Yeah. Um, uh, I noticed that um, Matt Jackson is now starting to get the um, Pat Rafter Samurai ponytail happening (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which uh, just makes just makes him look a little bit more like a dick. Each week, there's something new yeah. that makes him uh, dickish. What I notice, and as two bearded men, I'm sure both of us take offense at this, that a beard is still counted as like a device for a heel. Like they mentioned it for FTR <laughs> in the first match. You know, now that Matt Jackson's a bad guy, he's got a beard, you know, like... <laughs> Uh, that's true. That's why I've got a beard. Because I'm the bad guy. <laughs> Duh. 
Uh, next up, we had uh, Sheeta versus Swole for the women's championship. Um, this match was fine. I, I me personally, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't have the attention span that I should to be watching <laughs> watching wrestling at the moment. But I felt like it's time for Sheeta to not have the belt anymore. Uh, like I. I was just assuming that Swole was going to win this, take the belt, and then go up against Britt Baker, and that they would continue their feud. Um, and it's not particularly... I just want to put it on record. It's not particularly anything that I don't like about Sheeta. I really like her as a wrestler. But they haven't given us anything as a character. Like, who is she? Like, what what is she as a character? Besides the fact that she's a fighting champion and good in the ring. That's it. That's all we know about her. So it's pretty hard to stay engaged with her, I think. And I think I really, I actually quite enjoyed this match because I think that Sheeta was quite aggressive in a way that she isn't always, and I like I thought it was really enjoyable to watch. But I'm I am pending any kind of uh, rating for this match based on if Britt Baker comes back and at full gear is just an underhanded dirty heel and beats Sheeta in a really gross way, and you know because. Swole just lost to her in a respect, a respectful manner. Um, and then, you know, Swole comes out and is like, I'm in it. I'm, I'm coming for you. Like, that's a lot of fun, mm, I that's think. That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if Swole can be Stone Cold Steve Austin, which really essentially that's what her character, <laughs> ca- yeah, you know, true. it was la- last time when she's just desperately trying to get to, you know, Vince McMahon, who f- somehow is Britt Baker. <laughs> um, well, that makes sense. Like, I'm more than happy for there to be a more physical version of that feud happen again. Um, like, you know, the, the PWI five, uh, 100 women uh, ranking came out this week and the top five were all WWE. Um, I think that AEW, with Swole and with uh, Britt, have the opportunity to have two women on that to- in that top five at the end of this year, at the end of the, the whatever the 12-month period is. Mm. Um, and they should be that they should be aiming for that because it's not good enough to not have a, a woman in the top five. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, pro- I probably didn't think that through. I was just again, I was like, I really want to swallow to win that match. <laughs> but that's the thing: if 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 full gears announced and it's a rematch between Swole and Sheeta and uh, you know Britt Baker's in some other you know whatever match, then that's not really great. Mm. But it's it, so it is based on my fantasy booking. Uh, I will give this a pass. Fair enough. Um, You're on notice, TK. <laughs> yeah, man, we know you listen. Uh, uh, next up, we have Mox versus Archer for the AEW Men's Championship. Uh, we've got Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Brothers on commentary. Well, Eddie Kingston on commentary and the Lucha Brothers just hanging out. Um, it's nice to hear Eddie Kingston put JR back in his box a couple of times, even if it was from a kayfabe point of view. He's so good. I love Eddie Kingston so much. Yeah. I mean, if he wasn't already over with me, he he definitely is now. We're on team mm. fuck. Bad boy. <laughs> Hashtag fuck the bad boy. Uh, not fuck the bad boy. You, you know what I mean. Um, 
This match was probably what I was expecting it to be. It was like uh, some hard hitting. Uh, when I saw that there was 19 minutes left of the show when it started, I was like, you've made the right decision, AEW. In the sense of like... Not letting this just be a really, really long match that... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, we've sort of spoken about this previously with Lance Archer. I know he comes with big raps from Japan. He's a big dude. Um, he can he can do things in the ring. He's not a bad wrestler or anything. There's just something for me personally that is failing to engage with him as a character. I don't hate it. I don't hate him. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. But I just... I think maybe he was put back in the in the belt picture maybe a bit too quickly. They did they did try really hard to build him up, you know, with all the promos and stuff yeah. that we did enjoy early on. But the, I just think there's a few missteps with like you know Jake the Snake exists as his manager or partner or whatever, and he he isn't getting mm. a lot of time to put uh, the murder hawk over. Um, mm. So I, I don't know. That would be my big. That would be my piece of advice. That's what I would like to see moving forward. Is is either Jake goes away completely, or he is a hundred percent the Murder Hawks manager. I get the the idea of like, oh, even Jake the Snake can't control this man. He's so crazy. But we haven't really seen that, as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Mox wins, and I think we all kind of knew that that was going to happen which also sort of deflate deflated the match a bit it was still fine yeah um yeah it was fine but then afterwards eddie kingston comes down uh is being you know that sort of joe pesci from goodfellas kind of friend you know it's like oh we're friends i love it so much (laughs) you know we've known each other a long time i'm just here to celebrate i'm just here to celebrate and then kaboosh uh, smacks him in the face. It's some real. It's it's some real in the Sopranos. It's it's uh, it's it's Sal and and Carmella <laughs> sitting. Uh, sorry, not Carmella, um, and whoever Christopher's wife. I've Adriana sitting in the car as Adriana knows that Sal's gonna gonna whack yeah. her, but they're still under the pretense that that's not gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of thing. Um, uh, then they choke Mox out, um, and then you know, like we go, we fade off. Uh, from being on air with Kingston going, I didn't tap out. I didn't tap out. Um, so I'm, I'm that that was some good news for I mean, not that there was bad news throughout this episode, but there was some good news for me. I'm like, Kingston, both of us have spoken about how we'd like to see more of Kingston and Moxley. We're getting it. Yep. I think it's going to be sick. Like, I don't know if it makes sense for AEW as a business to have Eddie Kingston as champion, um, but it would be something different if they're going to transition to someone real quick. Having Eddie Kingston as just this sort of heel factory Bobby Heenan who can also wrestle and just chuck him the championship for a month is a lot of fun because he is just on fire. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, that was—I I sort of had that thought throughout this whole match and the promo afterwards of like, wow. I mean, what a what a meteoric rise to the top of a to the top of a company for someone who, mm. you know, in NWA was mid card was a mid lower mid card guy, you know, and showed that kind who, of who had to pawn his boots to. 
to make rent. Like mm. that was his, you know, and coming in story. And it's just, it's cool. So cool. Yeah. And he's taking, I mean, it's just one of those, wrestling is one of those weird things where people can get an opportunity sort of out of nowhere if people are willing to give it to them. And um, it's always Mm. fun to see people take that opportunity, like Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, now Eddie Kingston. Um, That's always, that's always sort of the most enjoyable part of wrestling, I think, is when someone that you didn't expect gets an opportunity and they just explode you know as a character i mean stone cold is probably the the best and biggest example yeah. of that um or even the rock maybe although it's probably a bit more of a slow burn with the rock but um but yeah so that's that's a year of dynamite man um i don't know whether we want to go into that or just leave it where it is or i think we just leave it where it is yeah, there's been a lot of... Uh, it's been good doing this podcast, um, but we'll obviously be wrapping it up now as we're only ever going to do it for the first year. <laughs> um, we would be able to, even if we, even if that was true, we wouldn't be able to help ourselves. It would last like two weeks and then something would happen <laughs> and we'd be back. <laughs> oh my God, a couple of starblies on the show. Adam Cole's on, man. Um, I'm still putting that out there just in case it happens. Um, cool. All right. Well, we can wrap that up there. Uh, thank you for all of your support, guys, and for subscribing and listening. Uh, people actually messaging us through Facebook and stuff now, which is cool. Still weird that even anyone listens to this. But um, uh, yeah, if you're enjoying it, tell some friends, rate and review on the Apple Store. It helps with the algorithms. And um, yeah, until next week, Pepe's dead. <laughs>